In today's show, we're looking ahead to a Monster Friday. 14 games on. Let's take a look at what we're watching for, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There are 14 games on Friday. There's not streaming to be had, but we're going to talk about the four days after that, guys that we can add and actually start on Friday and things that we're watching for situations. And because there's so much going on, you're going to have to really put your attention into the right spots for Friday's 14 games. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> first game is the Spurs. They are taking on the Orlando Magic. Um, all right. The Magic are six-point favorites in this one. The Spurs are on a back-to-back. We don't know what sort of shenanigans San Antonio is going to pull. They've already ruled Keldon Johnson out after he missed Monday's game. He missed Thursday's game. They are just putting injuries really all over the place. Now, in saying that, Keldon hadn't missed a game for two weeks straight. Jakob Pertl is playing on Thursday, so I would have to think there is every chance that he sits on Friday. Um, but I don't know that, of course. But the I guess the more interesting things for... Oh, I don't know if Keldon's going to play. He's out Thursday. The more interesting thing, I think, is in Orlando, where we know that Suggs is out, we know that Isaac is out, but Wendell Carter is questionable, and Gary Harris is questionable. So if they're not returning Friday, their return is coming really, really soon. So what we want to watch, we'll start in San Antonio. There is a chance for Zach Collins to start if Pirtle is out, as I expect, which gives him value. Like the Thursday, Friday, Zach Collins combination, if you're watching this in time, like there's good value in adding him there. And then I also want to watch Cater Bates-Diop. Are they going to continue to start Bates-Diop over Sohan for his shooting? I don't know. But if he's a 26-minute-a-night player, he's at least somebody to watch. He can occasionally have 12 team lines. I don't think he's going to be worthy enough on a 14-game day. But how they run that with Sohan and whichever idiot they decide to sit out randomly in this game, we'll watch that. For the Magic, it's more important for us to watch numerous things because the Carter situation and the Harris situation is going to impact a lot. What hap- hap- happens? What happens to F- Mo Wagner? Wagner's been great. He's been starting. He's been must roster. He probably won't be as we move forward, but they will possibly bring Wendell back on a minutes limit. Maybe Carter st- or maybe Wagner still plays 24-25. It's going to be way more detrimental to someone like Mo Bamba. But I'd say we hold Wagner and this C for a game or two. And the big impact to me is going to be Bowl. We're already seeing Bowl lose all his value, really. Like, it's nearly all gone. And if Harris returns and Carter returns, they won't necessarily start in this game. But Bowl's the guy losing out. Yes, guys like Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield will lose some playing time. But eventually, Bowl's going to go from 25 minutes to 20 minutes is my guess. But let's see if he can shake that. Let's see if he can change the minds and the hearts and the energies of everybody out here. 
and whether he's able to maintain that value. I am highly skeptical, but we get a better opportunity to watch this with a couple of players coming back here. The Clippers and the Sixers. The next game that we're going to take a look at, the Clippers injury report. Fingers crossed at the moment, it's clean. There's nobody on it. That is awesome for us. Well, Philadelphia, there's only one bloke on that, and that's Tangles, Tyrese Maxey, and he might be back on Sunday. So both of these teams, top-end contributors, could be completely healthy really soon. What do we want to watch for the Clippers side of things? If it's a Zubats, he's struggling. He is moving towards a drop, if not already there. Because with a fully healthy team, they go small basically all the time. And 24 minutes of Zubats is probably not must roster. But we want to see, does he go back to 28? Has it just been a temporary blip? Production's way down. Also watch Nico Batum. I don't think Batum is a 12-team league guy. He had seven threes last game, but it's only 20 minutes. And the problem here with a fully healthy team is there are too many guys for him to play 28 a night. Now, should he play those over Marcus Morris? Yes, pretty clearly in my opinion, but I'm not the coach, so it doesn't matter. So if he's only playing 21 or 22, then it's hard to look at that as must roster or even maybe roster or even maybe stream in 12. Steeper league, sure. But we want to see how Batum looks. For the Sixers, DeAnthony Melton and James Harden in the backcourt. Melton's shooting was off last game. It is a perfect time to sell high. If he has a big game here, you can't really do it after he shot 38% last game. But if he has a big game here, you sell high with people who are still worried that Doc Rivers is telling the truth and Maxi's out for multiple weeks. And even if Maxi is out multiple weeks, if you can get a top 50 guy back for Melton, you do it, even if it means that you lose out over the coming three weeks. As for Harden, he still hasn't fully ramped into a big usage role. He's sort of sitting back a little bit. Efficiency's not there. I'm still waiting for more for him, but we'll get more data to see whether maybe he just sort of sits in this zone. I don't know that he does, but we want to find out more about that. Raptors-Cavs is the next game. The Cavs are four and a half point favorites. Um, Injury-wise for Toronto, Precious Achua is out, the big sneeze. Otto Porter is out. Well, Gaz Trent is questionable and Ken Birch is questionable. When Nick Nurse said, you know, oh, Gary's going to be out a while. And then the immediately after that, the next game, he was listed questionable. And then he hasn't played, still hasn't played since then. So yeah, injury reporting shenanigans are still it's one of those things we absolutely love. We know Rubio is out for the Cavs. We know Dean Wadey Wade is out. But Evan Mobley has appeared with knee soreness. He is questionable. Lamar Stevens is questionable with knee soreness as well. So what do we want to watch in Toronto? It's pretty obvious we want to watch Scott Barn because he has been poor, really poor. And his home road splits are crazy. I don't think that there is much in that, but it's definitely something that's happened. Barnes, what I'm more interested in, if Trent comes back, does Nick Nurse just say, sorry, Scotty, you're playing 29 minutes? I, I, I don't know. That's my fear with him. He is at a almost in an idea. Maybe it gets worse. I don't think it does. He's almost in an idea. So there is some buy low ability there, but he, he needs to do something. He needs to improve. I also want to see what they do with Malachi Flynn because I think Flynn provides something they need. Now, Nurse never agrees with me on that. But Flynn has played 28, 37, 17, and 26 minutes in the last four games with Trent out. But I fear that when Trent comes back, they'll just excise Flynn from the rotation. Because, of course, you can only ever have two shooting uh, shooting players in a rotation at once. Toronto mantra. We only can have two shooters at any point. That's all we can have. We can't have a third. We can't have a third ball handler. Never. It's only got to always be two. Two guards at all times in your entire rotation. So we'll see what he does with Flynn. As for the Cavs, last game... With Mobley in some foul trouble, we saw 29 minutes of Kevin Love, and now Mobley's on the injury report. So do we get big minute Kevin Love? Is he viable enough to stream? Probably not. But let's see whether those minutes do in fact push up. And then I want to watch Isaac Okoro. Even if old mate um, Lamar Stevens plays, does Okoro hold on to the job? Because he's played pretty well. 
I wouldn't say that he's a 12 or 14 or 16 team league fantasy guy, but there are minutes there and maybe that does cut into what Lamar Stevens was doing prior to that. So that is something we are going to have to watch. Today's episode is brought to you by NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by the NHTSA. Okay, let's go to the next game, the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. In New York, the Knicks are five and a half point favorites. In terms of injuries to Chicago, there's a few of them. We know Lonzo Ball is out. Alex Caruso is doubtful. Javante Green is doubtful. While Goran Dragic is probable. Derek Jones Jr. is out. So there is an opportunity for both Io DeSumo and for Kobe White there. For the Knicks, um, the injury really is Quentin Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. Grimes is questionable with an ankle injury that he missed last game with. So in Chicago, will they start Desumu or White? Almost definitely Desumu. But if both of those players get around 30 minutes a night, Kobe White's the better fantasy player. I don't know whether that'll be the case. It did happen last game, but Dragic was also out, and he is likely to return here. So that's what we want to see. Is White a sneaky, cheeky stream? Probably for deeper formats. But again, there's 14, 14 games on. Are you actually streaming? Caruso could be out a week. I don't know. It's a concussion. Who knows how long he's going to be out? So... I don't think we make a move for Friday, but we watch the Desumu Dragic, White triumvirate. We see how the minutes go. We see how the production looks. But White is an interesting player there. Also, Patrick Williams. With Javante Green out again, he's going to get minutes. He looked a little bit better last game, but I'm far from interested in it long term. But again, when looking at schedules, there is a little bit of value in him over the next couple of games. And maybe for deeper leagues, he's an option. I don't really think so, but maybe. For the Knicks, we saw Emmanuel quickly start with Grimes out. He found it a little bit hard to get settled and get usage, but shot really well for a big line. You have to temper those expectations if he does start, but what he's more encouraging is the minute there. And he probably would be a 12-team start if Grimes is out. I also want to watch Barrett because his recent production has been better. I don't think RJ Barrett's ever going to make an all-star. I don't think he's that level of player, but he can be a solid enough contributor. We just need to get some more consistency in the shooting, but he is pushing a little bit more towards that, which of course is encouraging. The next game we look at is the Pistons and the Hawks. The Hawks are nine-point favorites. We know Isaiah Livers is out for Detroit. Clint Capella is questionable for the Hawks. For Detroit, Jaden Ivey's minutes and production have been up. Scoring has been up. The other stuff, a little bit shaky still, but the scoring has been up. Again, I don't think that he's a must-roster 12-team category league player. Points, I do. But if you are looking for scoring, then in category leagues, that does help you. It's just the other stuff and the deficiencies in, in points, or sorry, in percentages that can lead to some of those problems with Jade and Ivy that you need to be able to absorb. We also want to watch the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, whose minutes are well down. I don't think there's any rationale for holding him in 10 or 12 or even 14 team leagues, to be honest. But maybe he changes our minds. Maybe something happens. Almost definitely not. For the Hawks, I want to watch DeJounte Murray. Now, yesterday I was critical of DeJounte Murray saying, hey, yeah, he had that one big season in San Antonio, but maybe that just isn't who he is. And what we're getting now is him. And a lot of people chimed in, hey, he's just back from his injury. Like, give him a fair go. That's not really fair. All right, he played like 40 minutes in both games. So I don't know if the injury is impacting it, but 
before the injury, it was the same story. Outside of the first like five or six games of the season, he's sort of fallen back into this zone of lower rebounds, lower assists, steals down, efficiency down. I've seen some crazy comments on DeJounte, which maybe means you can actually trade him off for value. Someone said, man, now what they're, they're doing it wrong. DeJounte is actually a better playmaker than Trey, and he, they, he should be getting those on-ball reps and play Trey off-ball. And I'm sorry, my guys, if anyone thinking that, I'm we're watching different teams. Like, I know people for some reason love DeJounte Murray. I don't. Maybe I'm biased because he annoys me nonstop. But to say that he's a better point guard and a better distributor and a better team offense runner than Trey Young feels crazy to me. It feels insane. And saying that they'd be better off with him running the show versus Trey Young also feels crazy. But that sentiment is out there. So that's how you can also maneuver trades. Also watch Bogdan Bogdanovich, who struggled the last couple of games with Murray and Collins back. We knew usage would be squeezed a little bit. He moved to the bench. And while he is a must-roster player, some of that early production that he, he was getting with all those guys out was almost that triple whammy. Minutes well above expectation, usage well up, efficiency up. And we go, oh, okay, what's going on here? And now we sort of push back down again, which is frustrating for sure. Wolves and Celtics. Boston are eight and a half point favorites here. We know Towns is out for Minnesota. Rudy Gobert has reappeared on the injury report. And I saw someone leave a comment um, saying, man, how could he have played last game and be back in, on the injury report as questionable? Well, I think that's pretty straightforward. It is frustrating, but he, he re-injured it. It's swelled up after the game. He wasn't really ready to return, even though he played big minutes. It got worse. Like All these things very easily happen. Like You tweak your ankle all the time playing basketball. And if it wasn't fully quite healthy, then that's probably what happened. So I don't know whether he's going to play on Friday, but of course, Naz Reed would be the excellent, excellent ad. And on a 14-game day, you would stream him in because you would start him. But it, the unknown is the frustrating thing there. Kyle Anderson is questionable. Torian Prince is out again. McLaughlin is out. So that does open up value for Austin Rivers, especially if Kyle Anderson is out. So on uh, Minnesota, I want to watch Anthony Edwards, who struggled a little bit last game, but playing point guard prior to that had been really positive for him. So let's see if he's able to maintain that level of ball handling and assists. And then we do want to watch Rivers, who's been excellent. Like again, outside of all forms of logic, he's been really, really good and producing 12-team league value. And with McLaughlin and Prince out, and with Anderson maybe out, it's not a bad idea to consider him. But again, there's 14 teams on. Would you add Austin Rivers and he be one of your best 10 players? Probably not. But we have to ask the question. We have to look at it and you have to say, okay, there is an opportunity for a guy that's been putting top 60, top 70 value over the last week. Is it worth me adding him? Do I have a roster spot to start him? And does it make sense for my squad? They are all of the questions that you need to ask when looking at your um, when looking at your lineups. So go ahead and ask those questions. For the Celtics, Rob Williams' minutes did push up last game. Will they start him soon? Will he get 25 minutes? I don't know. Like he played, where is it? Where's Rob? He played 22 last game. Can we get to 24? Will they, will they continue bringing him off the bench for a while? I don't know. I also want to watch Malcolm Brogdon, who's played 30 minutes in four of his last five games. It did help that Marcus Smart was out, who's actually questionable for this game. But is Brogdon going to be a 30-minute a night player? That obviously really helps his value if that's the case, if that's how they're going to run things and they're going to reduce Derek White and Grant Williams, who played only 16 minutes last game. So is it Grant Williams who loses out the most here? That's something to pay attention to, for sure. Bucks and Nets. Brooklyn are two-point favorites in this one at home. Middleton is doubtful. 
again with this knee soreness. Shit just, he did have a knee problem in the playoffs last season, but then that was fine. And then he had the wrist surgery, but it looks like the knees crept up, crept up again. Giannis is listed as probable with a knee issue. So that's never ideal. Giannis with that ongoing knee problem. And then for the Nets, you've got Kyrie Irving, who missed last game. He is off the injury report, but Yuta Watanabe is back on with a hamstring problem. Yuta's played five straight games after missing games with that hamstring, but he is back on the injury report. What we want to watch in Milwaukee is punch Bob, Bobby Portis. He's really struggled the last couple of games. He's played 22 and 19 minutes. If Giannis is out, his value spikes. But we are seeing a reduction in his production. It, simple, simply stated. What is his role? What are his minutes? If they're giving these minutes to Beauchamp, does, is, is that impacting him? Maybe it is a little bit, even though they do play different positions. So we want to watch Portis and his role. Also, Grayson Allen, who played 34 minutes last game, but hadn't hit 30 for five in a row before that. He's a streamer for threes, and that has value, but probably not on a day like this. In Brooklyn, I also want to watch the Basmati man, Royce O'Neal, because we know that that hot start is very far in the rearview mirror. The minutes have been down in the last game. It was because of a blowout, but he'd been seeing fewer minutes. And with the uh, presence of Watanabe, the return of Warren, there's Sumner and Curry and Harris, all these little bits and pieces that Jacques Vaughn can throw in there. It is really reducing O'Neal's value, and he's probably trending towards a 12-team drop. I also want to watch Nick Claxton, who hasn't played his last four games, 26, 26, 26, and 26 minutes. So... Will he get more than 26? Is he just going to be a mid-20s player? That's still useful, but it's not as high value as playing 30 as he was before. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for all sports betting info, analysis, news, and stats. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there, the NFL, college bowl season, the NBA, college basketball. They've got it all at betonline.net. We head to week 16 in the NFL. The Falcons and the Ravens, an absolute blockbuster. Six and a half point favorites the Ravens are in this one. Do they get it done? Does anybody care? I don't know. What about the Chiefs? 10 point favorites over the Seahawks. Geno Smith, Pro Bowl legend. Will he be able to get closer than that against Mahomes and the Chiefs? I don't know, but you can find it all out at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Pelicans and the Thunder. This is a back-to-back for the New Orleans Pelicans. It isn't for the Oklahoma City Thunder. In terms of injuries, Zion Williamson is out on Thursday for COVID. I would expect that he is out again on Friday. Brandon Ingram will be out. Jeremiah Robinson Earl will be out. Usman Jeng will be out. The other one to watch is Larry Nance, who is um, questionable. For the game on Thursday with the Achilles soreness, there is a chance, I guess, that he sits one of these two games on the back-to-back, and we need to watch that. So therefore, we really want to look at Najee Marshall. Marshall is going to be a great stream for Thursday, I think, but it could be a really big stream on both of these days. Uh, Dyson Daniels has an opportunity to get more minutes, but Marshall's probably the guy that I do want to pay attention to who had that little top 100 run when Herb Jones was out. Um, there's obviously more value for someone like a Trey Murphy as well. I just want to see what Herb Jones can do. Can he rise his usage up? Can he get the shooting numbers back? Can we get the defensive stats back? But there is a big opportunity with both Zion and Ingram and maybe Nance out for Jones to put up some good games. For the Thunder, Darius Baisley was ruled in last game and then didn't play. The last time we saw Baisley before that, he'd played 31 minutes in a start, then he was out, out, out for illness, and then DNPCD. So again, the Thunder, we cannot trust them at all. One, not one second. There's four players that we know will get minutes. Giddy, Dort, Shea, and Jalen Williams. That's it. Everyone else, it's a roulette wheel. Aaron Wiggins went from 25 minutes in the starter to 10 minutes in a reserve despite Baisley not playing. I can't trust any of it. 
But let's see and maybe get fooled that Baisley's a 25-minute night guy. He's probably not. What I do want to watch is Josh Giddy, who played really well through illness last game. And he is pushing back into the top 70, top 80 sort of a range, which after a slow start is encouraging. Mavs and Rockets. Dallas are five and a half point favorites here. Finney Smith is out. Kemba Walker is out. If you're still, if you hold Kemba Walker in a 12-team league, please drop him. He's not even playing. Drop him. Josh Green's out. Maxi Kleber's out. Jay Sean Tate is out. Or Garrison Matthews is questionable. On Dallas, will Christian Wood continue to start? And will he play more than 27 minutes he played in last game start? Like, will he? There's, I don't, there's not many other options. Like, it's Dwight Powell, and Dwight Powell is a really good player who's underrated. But will we get 30 minutes of Wood? Or will they sort of split minutes, which is what happened last game, which is frustrating. And with Finney Smith out, I expect Reggie Bullock will start. He's played huge minutes, 41, 33, and 35 the last three games, Reg. But does that actually mean anything? Not really. Like, he's not doing anything fantasy-wise, but him getting those minutes at least puts him into the deeper league discussions. And if you want to talk deeper leagues, I want to watch Eric Gordon, who is inexplicably still getting minutes, but he's not rostered anywhere, and he should be in 16-team leagues and maybe 14s. Well, Ushman Garuba seems to have taken over the backup role over Bruno Fernando, sorry, over vertical lob threat and defensive legend Bruno Fernando, the guy that was getting minutes over El Prenshengun. Garuba seems to have taken that role back. Thank God for that. Garuba has deep league appeal, but it's more just watching how those rotations unfold and what that means for Alperin Shangun. The paces in the heat. Miami are five-point favorites. Tice and Brown are out. Yurt Seven is out. And of course, there's a lot of players in Miami who are questionable. Jimmy Butler with his sore tummy. He is... Oh, actually, he's been upgraded to Probable. Great news. Kyle Lowry is off the injury report. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Um, that's great as well. Caleb Martin is questionable, Gabe Vincent is questionable, and Dwayne Dedman is probable. So we are going to see what actually is going to happen, most likely here, with Victor Oladipo, which will be great. We'll talk about that in a second. For the Pacers, I want to see Chris Duarte, but more importantly, the impact of Duarte on someone like Ben Matherin. Duarte has played 15 minutes only in each of the last two games. I don't think that he is a 12-team league guy or even going to get there. But how he impacts other players um, is intriguing. And then Aaron Neesmith, who is probably going to start again. He played 28 minutes last game and was solid enough. Is he a 12-team league guy? I'm not really convinced long-term, but I think he's absolutely worth the add to see what happens. His usage was really solid. He didn't do it on crazy defensive stats or crazy efficiency last game. He just produced a solid line. I think that's probably more realistic as a solid back-end player who's worth a look. Is it worth a start on a day like this? Probably not, but we want to watch it and maybe add him. And the same goes for Oladipo, who's worth an add for sure. But we'll get a real opportunity if all these players return. We could have everyone on the Heat healthy for the first time in forever. And we'll see where Oladipo fits over Vincent, over Struess, over Martin. Like, where does Highsmith fit in? We're going to get a real opportunity to see Victor in there. And in Highsmith, who was great last game, played 41 minutes. But does he just get taken back out of the rotation? Because I think he's a solid enough player. If he was playing Caleb Martin's minutes, he'd be a 12-team league guy. But I just don't know how they're going to deploy him. And that's something we need to pay attention to. The Blazers and the Nuggets. Five and a half point favorites, Denver are. We got Gary Payton's out. Again, the, the unfittest man in the world is still out. Nasir Little is out. But for Denver, good news. It looks like Magaporta Jr. will return. He said that he's playing. They listed him doubtful. He said he's playing. We'll see. And then the headmaster, Jamal Murray, is also questionable with the knee soreness that kept him out of Tuesday's game. That is obviously um, something that we do need to pay attention to because if he is... Um, if he is out, then it opens up value for Bruce Brown. It opens up value for, theoretically, Bones Highland, but not really. But there are key things that we need to watch there. For the Blazers, I want to watch Jeremy Grant. And if he is, is he a top 60 guy or a top 90 guy? 
with a healthy team. That's what we want to watch. And then also Josh Hart, who the scoring has gone up a little bit for him lately. The production's been solid enough. I do believe he is solidly a 12-team league guy, but watching his role, especially when other players return is key. For the Nuggets, we do want to watch Bones Highland, who's been under 20 minutes for three straight games. It makes it impossible for me to consider him a must-roster player or a hold on a 14-team league day. You wouldn't start him even if Murray is out, I don't think. And then also Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's sort of upped his value back again. But if Porter and Murray both play, I can't see him being really remotely close to a 12-team league guy. Grizzlies and Suns. Phoenix are one-and-a-half-point favorites here. We know that Des Bain is out for Memphis. Well, they haven't officially confirmed that. We're, we're assuming that Des Bain is out in this one and Cameron Johnson is out in Phoenix, but there's a bunch of other injuries. Chris Paul hurt his shoulder last game. We're sort of tentatively listing him as questionable. Devin Booker's missed the last two with groin soreness. He's questionable. Cameron Payne's missed four straight with a foot injury. I'm listing him as questionable. Kogi's questionable and Jock Landale is questionable as well. Now, they could all play, but that's how we're looking at them at the moment. For the Grizzlies, Lil John Concha. Okay. With Zaire Williams back, Tyus Jones getting more minutes. Conchar's not a 12-team league guy anymore, and we'll see if his minutes continue to decrease. And then I also want to watch Dylan Brooks, who has improved his play. The efficiency hasn't been as destructive, and he is a 12-team league player for the time being, until Bain returns at least. And for the Suns, Landry Shamet dropped in nine threes last game. Now, I don't expect anything good of Shamet moving forward, but if Pooker, Pooker? No. Booker and Paul are both out, then he does become an option for us. I find it really hard to trust him, but he does become an option. But two games ago, it was also Lee over Shamit. So that, that becomes harder to get to work that value out. DeAndre Ayton really stepped up the last couple of games, but I want to see the interplay between Ayton and Bridges after that discussion between those two and, the, and Monty Williams last game. Ayton put up some really big numbers with the absence of Booker. Let's see if he's able to keep that trend going. The Wizards and the Kings. Back-to-back -back for Washington. The Kings are seven-point favorites. At this stage, no one is out, which is great, but the Wizards have a few ones for Thursday that we don't know yet. Rui Hachimura is playing on Thursday. Will he sit the back-to-back? -back? Probably. DeLon Wright was ruled out Thursday. Will he return Friday? That's a possibility. And then there's Porzingis and Avdia, who are both questionable for Thursday. So there are some things there in Washington we need to look at. As for Sacramento, there's no one injured at the moment. Um, they're fully clean injury-wise. I want to watch Monte Morris, who did play good minutes last game. They do have other options there with Jordan Goodwin and maybe the return of Dillon Wright. So what Morris's role looks like is really, really key for his value as we move forward. And then I want to see Rui Hachimura. I know people still love this guy. No matter what, after four years of him being not a fantasy option, every time something happens, oh, Rui, is he a 12-team guy? What do you guys think about Rui? I think the same thing. He's not a 12-team league guy and never has been. But... I'll put his name on here because I'm going to get the question every single time. But there is an option, I guess, if KP is out, if Denny is out, that maybe he's useful. He's not, but maybe he is. But then also, he might not play on the second game of a back-to-back. -back. For the Kings, DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis, right, really struggled early in the season. He was way off his game. He was getting benched for defense. He has been unbelievable since then. The Kings are playing so well. He has been awesome for this team. So let's see. He's had 20 rebounds in three of the last four games. He's playing gigantic minutes. He's shooting unbelievable percentages. I think there's going to be some drop-off in some of that stuff. But let's watch. He's been great for this team. Awesome. I also watched Keegan Murray. Last game was really good. He hasn't always been at that level, obviously. And even recently, there's been some good games and bad games. But can he maintain that sort of aggression? He took the most shots on this team last game. Didn't have the highest usage, but took the most shots. 
Is that something that's a realistic thing moving forward? Probably not. But we obviously want to pay attention to it and see where Murray's moving. I think you know, if you want to grab him, no problem. The starter locked in. But we've seen multiple times that if he has any struggle, he'll get benched and play 24 minutes. And that's not going to be useful for us. The last game is the Hornets and the Lakers. The Lakers are four-point favorites. Cody Martin is out. Anthony Davis is out. We don't know about Terry Rozier, Dennis Smith, Austin Reeves, or uh, Russell Westbrook. Pricey to Brick going up. For the Hornets, I want to watch LaMelo Ball. I think he's been awesome since he returned. Let's see if he keeps that going. His shooting looks great. The percentages are good. He's getting rebounds and assists and great usage. He looks awesome. I also want to watch Kelly Oubre, who looks whatever the opposite of awesome is. Dreadful. I hate watching him play. We did see the minutes reduced last game, which is a step in the right direction. And if Rogier plays, Oubre will go to the bench. In a category league, I don't think he's must roster. He's not even top 100 this season. In a points league, it's a very different story. But I do think we're going to see a precipitous decline from Kelly Oubre as we move forward. And we want to see how that develops and whether I'm right or wrong on it. For the Lakers, it was a really good game. Last time out for Lonnie Walker. Hello. I'm not really convinced that if Reeves and Westbrooks plays, he is a 12-team league guy. But let's get some more data in. And then I'm going to put Thomas Bryan on here just to remind you that he needs to be rostered in every league. He's available in over 40% of leagues on Yahoo. And I absolutely shudder to think, actually, I'm going to look it up live on air, how many, what's his roster percentage on ESPN? It's going to be comically low. All right, let's, before I look it up, over under 15% rostered Tom Bryan on ESPN. I'm going to say under. Let's have a look. Thomas Bryant, ESPN. Roster percentage, 17. Yeah, let's go. So he's available in 83% of ESPN leagues. He needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. Go and add him. Um, there's your just quick announcement on that. Let's look at chunks. We've changed chunks from five days to four days. And over the next four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there are no two. There are no teams playing two quality games. The only quality game days are Sunday, Monday. There is no Sunday, Monday back-to-back. So when streaming to add guys in, there's no one you're really looking at that's going to benefit you in that direction. But what we do look at is in the next four ga- four days, who's got value enough to be added? Tom Bryant. We just talked about it. Add him. Must roster. Markel Fultz. He's only got one game in the next four days and it is on a 14-game day, but I would guess that you would start him. Roster, roster him. Larry Nance is interesting. He plays. They play Thursday. Then there's a Friday game and a Monday game. For Nance... I don't know whether he's going to play there, but there's at least a possibility of two games and you would start him on those two days. So he's an ad. And then there's uh, Walker Kessler, who's only got one game over that time, but I think he's startable on that uh, day they play, which is Monday, I think it is. So they don't play for a while, but he's a guy to have. And then there's guys like Quentin Grimes, Kyle Anderson, Aaron Neesmith, and Patrick Williams, who have two games over the next four days. That's probably either, it's either Friday, Sunday, or Friday, Monday. And minimizing ads... We're minimizing waiver moves to get players in. And guys like Grimes and Neesmith and Anderson, they're probably worth having a look at in 12s. Patrick Williams, not really, but you get the two games over the next four nights as opposed to one. So if you are preserving ads, maybe Williams has some appeal there for you. And that will do it for me today. I'll be back later on with a recap show of just the two games um, today. So we'll talk about that. Watch, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.